This is Gracelyn Keller with the Beckers Business and Private Equity Podcast, and I'm excited today to be joined by Christine Sandman-Stone, who is the founder and CEO of Deliver at Scale. So Christine, thanks so much for joining me this morning, and I would love to have you start off by introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about your business. Sure. I'm glad to be here, Grace. Lovely to spend the morning with you. My name is Christine Sandman-Stone. My company is Deliver at Scale. And that's what I do best. We've all had advisors who've come into our organizations and they've given us ideas and then they've departed and we've tried to implement the idea and they've fallen flat or they didn't have the outcomes that we expected. Or we go to see a speaker and we leave energized. We're like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. We get back to our desks, to our offices, to our teams. Like, I don't know how to translate lead from the front to how I behave differently with my software development team. So action is my space. I work with companies and organizations. They're either growing or changing. And I take my 35 years in tech leadership and my ability to build award-winning content. And I present unique and high impact tactics to teams. And that is the thing that I hear from my audiences and from the clients that I work with now is that I give them something new that they can use right away and they can measure the outcomes for. And I love my work. Wonderful. Well, thanks for being here. And first question for you, what trends are you currently watching in your space? Trends in my space kind of fall into two categories. Uh, First, on the management side. So quick background. I believe companies have modernized our strategies. We used to have these like 10-year strategies and these big, long decks. Now organizations are adjusting strategy every quarter. And we're doing that because our customers change, the economy changes, business changes, and we're being opportunistic. So we've modernized strategy. We also modernized our workforce. We used to be co-located in a single office. And a pandemic gave us a really unique opportunity. For the first time, we were able to say like, wait a minute, who's the best team to get this problem solved? And we pull people from everywhere in order to make a team to get things done. So now teams are not co-located anymore all the time. They're distributed, they're global. And these two modernizations have been so impactful. What we haven't modernized is the manager. And the manager sits in between that, that new and changing strategy and our people who are in this distributed, hybrid, global ecosystem. So there's huge opportunities for managers. So one, there are two two areas that I keep an eye on right now. One is management. In the management side, I watch productivity numbers and I'm looking for um, data that actually takes us to a conclusion and I'm not seeing it yet. I'm seeing productivity numbers go um, up and down and I'm trying to figure out how much of it is return to work versus economic shifts. So it's fascinating data to watch right now. Um, The second in that space too, I'm also so curious about how leaders and architects are reimagining workspaces based on how work has changed. So those are two areas that I love to watch. On the tech side, The most intriguing area for me right now are the data sets that are used to train AI models. There's a terrific article out just this past week in uh, Scientific American about how ChatGPT, when asked to write reference letters 
for a man and a woman who both had the exact same job, chat GPT actually shows gender bias. It uses words like expert and thinker for the men. And for the women, it uses words like warm and delightful. So as a technology community, one of the most interesting things that I'm watching, I think we all should be watching, is how can those data sets be adapted so that tools in the artificial intelligence space don't accelerate and amplify problems that we already have. So data sets in AI are one area that I watch really closely and another area is evolution of management, especially around productivity numbers and space usage. Wow, that's incredibly interesting. I did not know about that. Um, so thank you for sharing. Sure. And then my next question kind of rolls into that. So what are you most focused on and excited about right now? In this past six months, I launched a book around modern management, and I've been doing workshops and talks on that subject. And I am so energized by audience responses. And one of the responses I expected, so the one that I expected was, you know, I've spoken in front of uh, 2,000 people, I've spoken in front of 50 people on this subject, and young uh, emerging or new managers in the Gen Z and millennial space are so deeply interested in finding out how they can be successful, what tactics can they use to bring into their work to really pivot from being a great individual contributor to leading a team of terrific individual contributors. So I love the value set of those younger generations, and I believe they're going to be a huge driver in the economy going forward. What surprised me, and it's been equally rewarding, has been the reaction from two other sets of leaders. So I did a workshop for CEOs and the question that they had posed was, are there any new ideas for us to use to better coach our management teams to get results? And they're taking tactics out of the book and using them and they're really energized by them because a lot of these tactics are lightweight and they fit this economy that we're all working in now, and they also fit this need for all of us post-pandemic to really focus on outcomes. So the CEO group, their response and their engagement was a delightful surprise. A second delightful surprise was I was brought into a very large tech company that had just had a 20% layoff, and they're a global company. And this division was looking for things tools that they could give their kind of bruised senior leadership team to reset. The organization was saying, you know, we had this big cut because we've struggled. Now you have to drive a different level of accountability in your teams. And these like seasoned um, leaders were saying, Christine, how do I drive accountability when these people have also been with a company a long time? And they're like, and by the way, I don't know any of these people because we reorged and we changed who everyone reports to. So I've got these folks that I don't know that well. And I'm being asked to drive a new level of accountability. It's post layoff and there's high urgency that we've got to get back to profitability. So we had this highly engaged conversation for two and a half hours with this group about how they could adapt things like how they approach their one-on-ones, how they change their goal setting from annually to quarterly, 
how they used objectives and key results. It's a mechanism called OKRs. Simple things that they could do to very quickly figure out who on their team could predict their work outcomes and to help reinforce this feeling of accountability. So what I'm excited about is the expected response from young and emerging managers and this unexpected resonance with CEOs and with senior leaders inside of organizations, whether they're growing or, or compressing and how they use these tools. Thank you for asking. Yes, absolutely. Um, and then my final question for you today is, what advice would you give to emerging leaders or people who would one day like to be a founder and a CEO? I would tell you that this space of getting your other leaders to deliver is the answer. So much has changed. I was on a call the other day and the speaker was talking about turbulence is just our norm. And I would agree. And the more a leader can keep things lightweight and pay attention, I think the greater chance of success that they'll have. And I would say that one of the most important lessons I've learned over my career is humility is a muscle that is necessary to lead with success. We get to different points in our career because we're the best at what we do. And that can create both confidence in us, but I think the, the sister to confidence is arrogance. And we can become arrogant that we know the right way to do things. And yet the best ideas for innovation and for change and for growth, a lot of times come from people closer to the work and that's not us when we're leading. So the more open we can keep our mind to the creativity of the leaders and the folks in our organization, the more they will be able to do their work with joy. We give them headspace and legroom, and we say run and the more our companies will achieve. So I think humility and adaptability are critical muscles for us leaders to pay attention to and to continue to reinforce. Wonderful. Well, Christine, thank you so much for taking the time to join me this morning on the Becker's Business and Private Equity podcast and share your insights. Grace, it was a pleasure. I hope you have a terrific day. You too. Thank you. Thanks.